everyone, Oni Aidoku here. Welcome to our new podcast, Life of Pi, P-I-E, Prosperity, Innovation, and Entrepreneurship. Life of Pi is an original podcast from UCL's Institute for Global Prosperity and features research by our MSc Pi students. Our mission is to start a different kind of conversation with researchers, practitioners, entrepreneurs, and policymakers doing cutting edge work, rethinking entrepreneurship and innovation to achieve structural and systemic transformations. Picture yourself in a park. Can you acknowledge how urban green spaces provide vital environmental benefits such as improving air quality, reducing noise pollution, and supporting biodiversity? In addition, these places have a huge potential. Urban green spaces have the power to bring communities together and provide much needed respite for urban residents to recharge their mental and physical health. Sadly, not all people have equal access to these important public spaces, and ethnic minority groups are particularly susceptible to social exclusion. Even when ethnic minorities have physical access to parks and other forms of green space, they still aren't using them or participating in them, leading to social exclusion and environmental inequities. How do we encourage ethnic minority participation in green spaces? How do we achieve environmental equity where governmental programs have been largely ineffective? Perhaps the answer lies in community-led social change. Community organizations often have better access than local authorities to the minorities of their communities and can reach them in a more effective way. One such example of community organizations managing and protecting their local green spaces are Friends of Parks groups, or more commonly referred to as Friends groups that come under the umbrella organization of National Federation of Parks and Green Spaces. We help to um, share learning amongst different groups We help in the development of good practice, and we also help to strengthen um, grassroots uh, community organizations. In today's episode, we will delve into a piece of participatory action research that through the lens of these friends groups uncovers good practices that have been successful in breaking down barriers to access and encouraging greater participation of ethnic minority groups in urban green spaces. By the end of this podcast, we may ask ourselves, what is the potential for other community organizations like friends groups to improve social inclusion and contribute to creating socially sustainable cities? I'm joined by two special guests, Naima Hakani and Paul Ely. Naima used to work in the pharmaceutical industry as an analyst, However, during the pandemic, she was inspired to make a career change in order to pursue work she found more meaningful and where she could feel she was contributing to building a better world for people and planet. She recently completed her MSc in Global Prosperity from the Institute for Global Prosperity. So while this is a podcast for the MSc Pi program, We do welcome our sister program students. That's the MSc in Global Prosperity, and Naima is one of the alumni. Paul is the trustee for the National Federation of Parks and Green Spaces, and Paul will be talking today with Naima about her dissertation. 
I'm going to dive in now and ask a few questions. But first of all, welcome Naima and Paul, and thanks for being here. Thanks, Anya. I'm so pleased to be here today. Thanks for having me. Likewise, Anya. Really pleased to be here today. Great. I'm really looking forward to this conversation because we get to talk about well-being, ethnic minorities, and urban green spaces. My first question is for you, Naima. What is the problem? Can you set the scene for our listeners? What exactly is the problem? Sure, Anya. So um, my research looked at ethnic minority participation and inclusion in UK urban green space. And um, the interest for this topic, let me just start with that. It stemmed from when I first moved to London for my master's. One of the things I absolutely fell in love with was the availability of urban green space within the city. I was never more than a 15 minute walk from beautiful green space. And having that access, I really felt the positive effect of frequenting these urban refuges. Um, Doing a master's can be an intense and often stressful undertaking and taking even just quick breaks to go visit a park, even if it was just to sit on a bench and take in the greenery. It had such a positive effect on my mental and emotional health. Um, I'm also someone from an ethnic minority background and on a lot of my frequent trips to the parks near where I lived, which had diverse demographics in terms of ethnicities, Um, I I noticed considerably fewer people from ethnic minority backgrounds at these green spaces. In fact, the statistics report that ethnic minority groups visit green space 60% less than the rest of the English adult population. And that is despite the introduction of legislation and policies aiming to improve the equality of access to green space across the UK. So essentially what that means is that even when ethnic minorities have physical access to parks and other forms of green space, they still aren't using them or participating in them, leading to social exclusion and environmental inequities. Um, It highlights the issue of marginalized communities not feeling comfortable accessing and utilizing green spaces, even when they are physically present and available to them. Um, So if ethnic minorities feel uncomfortable or a sense of not belonging in a park, it indicates an issue of qualitative inaccessibility, meaning that the park is not designed or managed in a way that promotes inclusiveness and comfort for all individuals and groups. And there is a body of research that confirms this from academics like Claire Rishbeth, Bridget Snaith, Ash Amin, and Edwin Gomez. And we could ask ourselves, you know, the reasonable question, why might ensuring green space is socially inclusive be important? Um, Well, firstly, because doing so is an important aspect of social sustainability, as access to green spaces can have positive effects on physical and mental health, community building and overall quality of life. Um, Improving inclusion and participation of socially excluded people in urban green space increases social cohesion. Um, Secondly, ethnic minorities have already started to constitute a majority in some urban areas. And as the UK becomes more ethnically diverse, which it is projected to keep doing, actually, um, it is really important space managers figure out how to make urban green space socially inclusive and enable active participation from these ethnic minority groups. Why? Because, you know, volunteer work will continue to remain crucial to managing green space as austerity policies continue. So environmental sustainability is actually dependent on improving ethnic minority participation. And thirdly, diverse and inclusive community participation in urban green space includes positive benefits on urban biocultural diversity. This links biodiversity and cultural diversity, which in turn enhances both social and environmental resilience. And so um, my research establishes 
that um, community-led solutions by community groups have success in improving ethnic minority participation and inclusion in urban green spaces, fostering more inclusive participatory governance of them. And these community groups are often better connected to community minorities. And because they are embedded, they can help bring communities together, leading to increased social cohesion. Um, and because community organizations, they play a vital role in promoting the well-being and resilience of a community, which you know studies have shown that community-led initiatives and partnerships, as well as community-managed projects, can actually empower local communities and increase civic participation, leading to higher social returns on investment. They empower local residents to bring about change in their own communities and are considered to be a cornerstone for driving social change. Um, so because I really wanted to conduct research that would have social impact and incorporate multiple perspectives and knowledge sharing, I chose to do my research through UCL's Community Research Initiative for Students, which partners students with community organizations to produce research. And I partnered with the National Federation of Parks and Green Spaces, or what we call the NFPGS, and um, I think Paul could probably tell you a lot more about that. Thank you, Naima. Um, thanks for setting the scene and, and highlighting some of those issues um, that perhaps not a lot of people consider or think about um, in terms of well-being and the benefits of green spaces. Uh, Paul, I'd like to come to you and if you could maybe tell us a little bit about what the um, National Federation of Parks and Green Spaces does, uh, what your role is in that organization and how you worked with Naima. Yeah, thank you, Anya. So, uh, national. Uh, sorry, actually, I should say there are there are we think twenty seven thousand um, parks and green spaces within the UK, um, and something like seven thousand friends of parks groups. And friends of parks groups help to uh, protect and improve um, the quality of, of our parks and green spaces. And the National Federation acts as a coordinating body to to help friends groups to you know better fulfil that role. Uh, and, and some of the tasks that we undertake is we help to um, share learning amongst different groups. We help in the development of good practice, and we also help to strengthen um, grassroots uh, community organisations. Uh, and I guess, you know, overall, we aim to act as a um, resource, really, for, for groups. Uh, we've been established since 2010, uh, and uh, essentially we're, we're a group that's based on uh, volunteers, though we have previously had funding and we are looking for funding at the moment. Um, and, and as I say, we're very much about helping communities really to come together to protect and improve their local parks and green spaces. We, we work with a whole range of partners. So people like uh, Natural England and the Heritage Lottery Fund, Keep Britain Tidy, uh, Fields in Trust, um, you know, and, you know, also we'll take part in, you know, national initiatives. So um, government, you know, back in 2018 established uh, the Parks Action Group and the National Federation was the only voluntary organisation uh, represented as the voice of the community on that organisation. Uh, and, and in terms of my own role, uh, so I'm 
I've been supporting the National Federation for a while, purely as a volunteer. Um, and it's only quite recently, um, from about three months ago, that I've become a, a trustee myself. Uh, and I've always been interested in the area of policy and research. So uh, I've, I've actually been asked to uh, lead on that area for the Federation. Um, and I'm particularly, you know, interested in the area of um, ethnic minority involvement and generally inclusion within parks. So it was incredibly rewarding to be able to work with Naima on this project. Thank you, Paul. Naima, I want to come back to you and ask, so what was your research question? Yeah. Um, so just to add also to what Paul was saying, um, uh, it's exactly as he said in the Friends of Parks groups, which I'll probably commonly uh, refer to as Friends groups because that's sort of the shorthand. Um, they're local community volunteers, exactly as Paul was saying, and they're essentially community representatives that um, amplify their community's voices. So um, the NFPGS, sorry, the National Federation, they aim to ensure that Friends groups are a true representation of the community, embodying inclusivity and diversity. And so in order to do that, they there was a need to conduct research to identify network wide good practice that improves ethnic diversity in their partnerships with local community organizations and the membership of the friends groups themselves. So the purpose of the research was to explore the self-reported success of initiatives that have improved ethnic minority participation in some friends groups and their green spaces and to formulate good practice recommendations for other friends groups across the network. And I did this by analyzing what self-reportedly successful friends groups had done to achieve the improvements in ethnic minority participation and what the common themes in the different initiatives were that could offer basis for good practice recommendations. Thanks, Naima. So if, if you could maybe talk a little bit about how you answered the research question. So we know we, we, we have the empirical setting now. How did you go about answering your question? Right. So um, I interviewed um, participants from six different friends groups in Birmingham, Manchester, Liverpool, London, Gloucester, and Bradford. Um, and the local demographics varied. And so this was good for generalizing findings. I would say roughly half were friends groups for a green space in an area where ethnic minority groups were the majority or near equal majority in the local community, while the other half had local communities where the ethnic minority groups were, were, were an actual minority in the local community. And um, the initiatives the friends groups reported employing in order to improve ethnic minority participation and inclusiveness ranged from partnering with local ethnic minority organizations and community groups, um, partnering with local youth groups from schools and universities, um, recruiting persons from ethnic minority backgrounds to be on the board of trustees or core group, um, or hiring a park keeper that was more representative of the local community, um, as well as moving meetings to more inclusive venues, for example. Um, and uh, I extracted five themes from friends groups reports of successful initiatives. And these were namely uh, representation, gaining access, diverse activities, youth and facilitation. That's super interesting, Neymar. And what I'd like to do then is unpack the findings. So I presume that these are the findings, those main themes that you just mentioned. 
Yeah, sure. So representation, this encapsulates two things. The first is highly visible representation. Um, so for example, one of the participants reported how he came to realize that the cohesion between the park keeper, who served obviously as a form of authority, and the local ethnic minority community was not functioning very well. And so he decided that after the retirement of the then park keeper, he would request the next one be more representative of the local community. And just that initiative alone, he reports, saw a complete change in the park and the local community using that park. He said it made a huge difference because 90% um, of the community are from an Asian background and having an Asian park keeper was a key turning point in opening up avenues. So there was uh, reportedly success and highly visible rep representation like this in the form of um, an ethnic minority person and visible leadership roles like park keepers, um, like friends groups, core group members, or then more passive but still highly visible representation like events that celebrate ethnic minority cultures and customs, um, for example, Diwali celebrations in the park. Um, and the vast majority of participants reported that such highly visible forms of representation contributed to success and helped ethnic minorities think about the possibility of participating. So one participant in particular, she said that it helps people think, you know, like, oh, it's, it's not just for other people, it could also be for me, you know? Um, and then the second factor under representation was the importance of significant links. Um, so a dominant view amongst all the friends groups was that key partnerships with local ethnic groups were critical to improving ethnic minority participation. And these included partnerships, partnerships with health centers, working with ethnic minorities, um, neighborhood groups or faith groups, for example. And partnering with these kinds of key groups reportedly improved ethnic minority participation either in mere usage of the park or then more active citizenship. Um, for example, one participant related how the local Asian community started a park watch with the friends groups and took to patrolling the park with them at night. And that's just evidences, you know, very active uh, citizenship um, in the in how it's like self-initiated. Um, and then moving on to gaining access, sometimes the local ethnic minority community um, could be very difficult to reach. So one friend's group said that they had tried everything from putting flyers in mailboxes to speaking to local counselors for assistance, but they simply could not reach the local ethnic minority community. Um, it was just very hard for them to reach them. And it was only when they recruited a female representative from an ethnic minority background herself to be in the core group that they had a breakthrough. Um, and this representative, she had the trust of the Asian community in the area, especially the women. So it was through her that the friends group was able to get insight through feedback on what the needs of the community were and were then able to devise a strategy on how those needs could be met. Um, and this input from the local community is it's paramount to improving partic participation and inclusiveness and spatial managers can they need to be open to questioning their own like preconceived notions about what is required um, so that they can manage spaces incorporating input from the community to effectively meet their needs you know and um, other groups had similar success in gaining access to their um, minority community by, for example, holding informal chats with ethnic minorities from the area or having their insider employ trustworthy word, word of mouth communication, which was um, another recurring theme that came up um, because that overcomes language barriers by using native language communication. Can I can I just sort of uh, talk a little bit about that last theme before mm -hmm. we 
So a follow-up question would be, you mentioned a representative that was brought in, a lady who had trust within the community um, was sort of a key to breaking through in what they weren't able to achieve. Uh, my question is, how did they know or how did that solution come about to have someone who was more trustworthy? Um, was it something that the community, the team came together, had a discussion and identified we should have someone who is more representative, uh, a woman who has um, built trust across the community? How did that come about, basically? Yes. So um, the, the the research basically like it was done on purposive sampling, sorry, purposive sampling. And um, we, we managed to find these groups that had had success with certain initiatives that they'd done. So this particular group that um, had this idea, this was on their own initiative and it came about, I think, basically because they tried everything else. They had tried, um, you know, flyers and mailboxes. They had tried speaking to local counselors and trying to reach the community in every way that they could think of. And then this was the one thing that they thought, OK, let's try this. And I think they managed to uh, just, it just it was a breakthrough for them because it, it was something that just worked um, because gaining access, it, it, it encompasses gaining trust and insight as well as using insider communication and i think um employing that female representative it kind of did all three of those things really well thanks Naima. i i want to sort of just before we move on with the rest of your themes i want to bring paul in here at this point and ask um you talked about the role that the um national federation of parks and green spaces plays and you sort of manage the different groups am i right probably more a case actually of seeking to support um you know uh mainly through um web-based resources but you know also you know through um limited ability because we are all volu uh, volunteers uh, you know to be able to give some direct support to groups and so my question paul is within your um, organization do you create platforms for different initiatives to exchange ideas or to share experiences with each other to say this is what worked because it's possible that other volunteers other local groups might be experiencing the same kind of problems as one group so i'm wondering if there's a platform that allows for these cross fertilization of solutions so mainly at the moment um we we make reports uh, and investigations available through our website you know which is nfpgs um but you know in addition we uh, like to hold um conferences as well you know, so mainly on a regional basis where we're able to bring people together for common discussions. Uh, we're kind of organised at lots of different levels. Um, and, and one of the main um, ways that we organise is on an area basis. So there's something like 70 area-based uh, friends forums across the UK, which perhaps would be, you know, everyone, you know, living within a, a region comes together to share um, experiences and issues of common concern and, and learn from each other and support each other. That's great. Thanks, Paul. Um, Naima, let's head back to your findings because they're really interesting. Um, can you carry on to the next one then? 
Sure. Um, so the third theme is diverse activities. And everyone I interviewed agreed that having a variety of organized activities was key to getting ethnic minorities involved in green or in urban green space. Um, this includes activities organized by the French groups themselves, as well as independently by the local community groups. Um, the creation of this kind of busy, bustling green space with many activities going on provides ample opportunities for intermingling between different user groups. So let me paint you a picture, right? So for example, there might be a coffee morning going on in the on-site cafe, which will attract the health walk group organized for older people. And so then they come in and enjoy a game of dominoes or chess while having some tea and biscuits and talking to people, stopping by from other activities as well. Um, and it just creates a rich tapestry and low barriers to mingling with others. And sometimes the activities described by the friends groups were organized by ethnic minority specific community groups. Um, so there was mention of the Ghanaian football team that plays on Sundays, um, and as well as a Kurdish women's walking group. So this even relates with the representation theme, if you can see, like as a they provide passive but visible representation at the park. And while these kinds of ethnicity specific groups, you know, they could seem exclusionary to others and not embodying the kind of interculturalism that usually is aimed for, it likely helps marginalized groups to participate by doing so in the safety of their own numbers, especially when the community is very tentatively emerging to join the wider community, which was the case in the local communities of some of the friends groups I studied. And of course, it's likely that as participation levels rise, ethnicity-specific groups will not stay isolated within their own groups, but will gradually begin to mix and interact with other groups as well. Um, and then moving on to the fourth theme, which was youth, um, the vast majority of participating friends groups strongly emphasized the success they saw by involving young people into the green space. This was done in various different ways, such as partnering with schools and universities or through friends group organized activities. Um, so one of the participants, uh, when the way she put it was, when the children do things, the parents turn up. Um, and it's so true because this kind of, you know, this kind of passive low barrier involvement of ethnic minority parents supported the broader learning for ethnic minority groups of how they too can participate in green spaces. So, you know, when they just come by to drop or pick up their kids, they see the notice boards about various activities and such that they can, you know, they can get involved in. Uh, so even just by coming to watch their child's activity, which um, allows for an easy passive observer role, um, ethnic minority parental participation in the green space increases. And this in turn allows them the opportunity to build relationships with other parents, both from the same ethnic background and different uh, around the commonality of their children taking place in the same activities, which results in a sense of collective community then. And um, the last theme is facilitation. Um, so again, a majority of the participating, participating friends groups um, emphasized that sometimes encouraging ethnic minority participation required various forms of facilitation. Um, and sometimes this was compensation in the form of funded transportation, for example, um, because otherwise they just wouldn't be able to take part in the activity. Um, and sometimes it was in the form of facilitating capacity building by sharing knowledge and expertise on uh, fundraising, for example, or legal processes to get approvals from councils. Um, this capability building was highlighted by 
Nadim Aziz, who was um, our community partner from an ethnic minority background. And he emphasized the importance of how those who have specialist knowledge and expertise and friends groups should impart their knowledge to ethnic minorities from the community in order to build their capabilities. Um, he highlighted that one of the reasons people from ethnic minority backgrounds are hesitant to participate actively in friends groups, for example, in the core group itself, is due to their lack of formal education or skills, which then results in a lack of confidence in how they might contribute to the friends group. And um, other times friends groups facilitated um, ethnic minority inclusion by uh, acknowledging barriers to participation existing in current practices and then making adjustments to them. So for example, one group changed their meeting location from a pub to a more inclusive venue and another group attempted to make local ethnic minorities feel included and more comfortable in the park's new tea room by inviting feedback on the menu and then adapting it on the basis of their dietary preferences or restrictions maybe. Um, and uh, our community partner from the ethnic minority background, Deem, he also pointed out that facilitating inclusivity in this manner, it allows ethnic minorities to maintain their cultural identity and beliefs um, and be their authentic selves, which is really important because this then makes them feel comfortable enough to open up and share ideas and step up for leadership roles. So yeah, that was all the themes. And as you can probably see, they're closely interlinked and one successful initiative that the friends groups might have talked about often drew on several themes at the same time. Thanks, Naima. That's really interesting. So just recapping these themes, you had representation, gaining access, diverse activities, youth, and facilitation. I guess I'm going to bring Paul in now a little and ask um, for your, from your perspective, how did Naima's work, what was the impact of this study that Naima did for your organization or for the different friend group, friends groups? Uh, so we are um, seeking to use Naima's uh, dissertation as as part of a funding bid um, to help us with, you know, uh, achieving hopefully long-term sustainability. What we're seeking to do in terms of our approach, um, we've, we've been in touch with a number of um, national organisations that work with ethnic minorities and green space, um, and we're seeking to um, get them together to establish a steering group for us uh, and, and help to advise us as to how we can maximise impact by um, basically uh, disseminating and rolling out this project, you know, with, with uh, different groups. The basis for doing this will be to use the framework um, and recommendations from Neymar's report, um, trial it out with more groups so that we gain more experience and more feedback as to what works, uh, with a view then to um, writing it up as a good practice guide. Uh, and, and I guess, the importance of it is that there's very, very little research available about ethnic minority people and parks. Uh, parks really do tend to be dominated um, both uh, in their design, in their management, and in who's involved in friends groups by people of a white ethnic origin. So this, you know, really is, um, we hope, something that's going to make quite a difference. And it seems to be part of a trend that I'm observing in, in parks that, um, and particularly as a result of COVID, where usage of parks has gone up exponentially, that 
you know, actually the question of who's using parks and, and, and what are the benefits from parks has, has gone up uh, the agenda in importance a great deal. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and I suppose um, people from ethnic minority communities tend to uh, have um, worse socioeconomic conditions and also tend to have worse uh, access to parks and green spaces as well. So we're hoping that by being able to uh, really put a spotlight on this, that, that we're going to be able to, you know, start something, you know, that will gain momentum and really be a bit of a game changer. I hope so too. Um, I want to come to Naima and maybe Paul, you might also be able to speak to this as well. But do you, did you in your research also look at some of the outcomes or um, benefits, whether qualitatively or quantitatively, um, of these initiatives. Um, perhaps more ethnic minority groups are starting to use a particular park just because of these initiatives that the friends groups have started to implement. Mm -hmm. And are we seeing sort of outcomes in those users of the parks? Yeah, so um, the parks that, uh, that I studied, um, the friends groups rather that I studied, they, um, you know, this was based on self-reported um, measures of success, obviously, and that was kind of observation or then um, feedback from the ethnic minority community themselves. So um, the the participants in the research, they they mentioned that, yes, you know, we are seeing now a lot more ethnic minority background people coming and actually using the park, whereas we didn't see them before. And, um, you know, that might have something to do with COVID as well, but it also like overlaps with the initiatives that, they, that they've been doing. Um, and we're seeing a lot more active participation in some uh, parks as well, where the, the ethnic minority community is, you know, actually self-initiating and self-initiating and self-mobilizing to take part in partnership with the friends group. So in terms of outcomes, I think, yes, there was reported self -co like uh, social cohesion and um, social inclusion, for sure, yeah. Thanks, Naima. And actually, I think it would be really interesting. I, I, I know that your study was on the Friends group, and I wonder if Paul might even have an idea of, of this. I think it'd be really interesting to find out what the ethnic minority um, communities, the users of the parks, Sort of, what do they see as some of the benefit, some of the benefits that they're gaining? What's what might have changed as a result of using these parks more? I'm afraid I haven't on you. Uh, you know, uh, the parks are not an area that's well researched, mm. um, and you know, and a lot of the research that's been done, you know, in uh, around parks and ethnic minorities tends to talk about barriers. And, and, and is very short on actions to overcome barriers. Mm. And what uh, what Nymar's report is going to help NFBGS to do, I think, you know, is to um, to actually give some um, concrete actions that groups can take. At this stage, we don't know, you know, what what the outcomes, what the benefits, you know, will be. Um, but but the types of uh, activities that friends groups get involved in um, you would be you know things like practical volunteering so looking after areas in parks um, they 
are involved in events and activities. Uh, they are involved in marketing. As a group, you know, they involve people, and you know, and in a kind of sense of purpose of looking after their park. Uh, so I guess ultimately the the benefits are about um, improving people's well-being and a sense of belonging and, uh, you know, the area being a better area to live in or to work in mm. with a better park. And just but, to uh, add to a point that Paul mentioned, it was really important to us that we frame this research in a very positive light um, coming at it from a positive angle because as he mentioned it's true that research in this area is usually around the barriers to representation or why there aren't you know why is there un like under representation whereas my research the gap that it fills is kind of what has worked you know what what this is kind of about the success story of it this is you know these friends groups were successful so what did they do that you know worked and how can we pass that along then to the network of uk friends groups um and that kind of i think touches upon the sort of the approach that i took with the research as well and how we're hoping to proceed forward as well with a very inclusive approach so i chose to undertake my thesis with a strong commitment to participatory action research and this approach is characterized by you know active collaboration between researchers and community members to jointly design and carry out aspects of the research process as well as you know continuously reflect and act to resolve problems and it's honestly it's an ideal method for addressing real world problems like this and promoting community led social change, which was the goal of my research. And so I work closely with three community partners throughout, throughout this process. Um, Dave Morris, who's not here, he's the chair of the NFPGS and a friends group in London. Paul, who's here with us today, and Nadim Aziz, who's a chair of a, a friends group in Birmingham. And by making the research process more collaborative and inclusive by incorporating insight from partners, you know, it helps to reduce, um, first of all, the potential feelings of defensiveness or discomfort that can arise when addressing a topic like ethnic diversity. And, um, you know, throughout my research journey, I ensured that power was shared constructively with my community partners and collaboration, co-creation were at the forefront of our efforts um, because, you know, I had to recognize that the valuable knowledge and insight my partners held, which was essential in guiding and informing the research process. And it really added a depth and richness to the to the research. And, um, you know, we brought Nadim in a little later on, actually, it was during the research, I initially collaborated with um, Dave and Paul um, in, you know, um, and then just through an ongoing reflection on positionality, I recognized the need for the voice of an ethnic minority member within the friends group to be included in the research. So um, Paul and Dave, they're both you know, of white British ethnicity. And despite my own ethnic minority background, um, as an international student in the UK, I recognized that you know, I lacked a detailed understanding of the lived experiences of ethnic minority citizens or residents in the UK. And so given that the goal of the research was to increase the inclusion of ethnic minorities in friends groups and their green spaces, it was crucial to include the voice of someone from an ethnic minority background who is a member of a friends group. So this led us to seek out and include the voice of Nadim Aziz, who was our community partner from who is from an ethnic minority background and whose insight ensured that the research reflected the lived experience of those it aimed to impact and create social change for. And that's what we're hoping to sort of, in, that's how we're hoping to proceed um, going forward with the project that the NFPGS is hoping to start. Thank you, Naima. And that captures truly what the Institute for Global Prosperity, that approach 
um, taking a community approach, involving the citizens, giving them, um, including their voices. And I really like that. That I'm not sure what led to that, Naima, that reflexivity, that point of being reflexive and then recognizing the need to include the voice of an actual ethnic minority. So that that's actually really, really good what you did there. Um, and just, just to move on, I guess from Paul's response and your response to the previous question I asked, that just means I'm, I'm sure you captured this as well in your work, Naima. Future studies, so making recommendations for future studies. Your study, of course, is then opening up um, the the box and saying more studies are needed in this area. And we hope that the listeners and those that are interested in this topic would consider looking into this topic a little bit more, perhaps even moving forward to speak to the users of the um of the parks themselves, because it would be really interesting to hear what these different uh, minority groups, their views, including their voice in the project. So that, that would actually be fascinating, a follow on from your study. So I'm gonna bring this to a close by asking you, Naima, and then I'll come to you, Paul. So we've had this fantastic conversation, which is really timely and important. Now what? So what are the implications of this study and what should your audience do with this information? And by audience, feel free to think about, for example, broadly think about policymakers, think about users of parks, think about the ethnic groups, think about entrepreneurs, businesses, innovators. What are the implications of this study for the listeners? Right. Um, so that's a great question. You know, where do we go from here uh, to improve local, regular and sustained participation in green space from minorities? You know, um, I formulated several recommendations based on the research findings for other friends groups who are struggling to improve their ethnic minority participation in their own groups and green spaces. Um, for example, some of them were just to you know recruit more ethnic minority persons into their core groups active group. Um, they can encourage visitors from diverse backgrounds to start their own activity groups or partner with local schools and youth clubs, um, make use of trusted word of mouth communication and referrals, uh, things like that. Um, but it, you know, it's important to keep in mind that local success depends on the specific local context. So um, it's important that friends groups assess the current level of ethnic minority participation in their green space and then put the appropriate recommendations into action. Um, and, you know, my study, it really just adds to the body of research that highlights the meaningful role community, community organizations can play in effectively driving localized bottom-up efforts towards achieving positive social change. And um, the NFPGS is planning to take forward the results of this research in a project aiming to use the recommendations that were the research output and establish network-wide good practice. And we are currently working on getting the project underway, uh, right, Paul, and have plans to hopefully partner with some national ethnic minority community organizations as well. Um, uh, in terms of just the broader um, the broader angle on this, I think there's just there's been a general trend towards increasing emphasis on equality and diversity measures in the UK in recent years. And this is reflected in various policies and initiatives, um, regulations just aimed at 
promoting equality and addressing discrimination. Um, you know, there's been several, I think, social and governmental reasons that have probably contributed to this increase in focus on equality and diversity measures in the UK since probably around 2020, um, including, for example, the Black Lives Matter, which brought sort of racial inequalities to the forefront, um, the COVID-19 pandemic, which is, we all know, disproportionately affected minority communities and highlighted health and economic disparities, right? And then the UK's exit from the European Union also raised concerns about the potential impact on rights and on other, you know, marginalized groups in the UK. So these events, all of them together, sort of, I feel like, um, among others, they've led to an increased public scrutiny of existing inequalities, just generally, and a greater call for action to address these issues. And as a result, there, you know, there has been a heightened focus on equality and diversity measures by governments, organizations, and individuals in recent years. And I think this definitely is apparent even in the efforts being taken in urban green space. And I think, you know, Paul could maybe tell you a bit more about how inclusiveness and diversity are factoring into even the fundraising proposals that we're, um, that he's working on today for the, the Heritage Fund, for example. Thanks, Naima. Paul? So, you know, perhaps some examples. Um, in addition to my role uh, as, as a trustee, I do work as an independent consultant in parks and, you know, a couple of examples. Um, so one would be from a charity that I've worked with in, in South London at a park called uh, Myers Fields. Uh, and, and, and again, this was a charity that really wanted to broaden its representation. So uh, I was able to work with them to recruit um, trustees in, from uh, ethnic minority backgrounds. And again, that was very much seen in the same way as um, we've been focusing here on, you know, increasing the offer and, you know, and, and, and involvement. That was very much seen as, you know, reaching out and involving people, you know, from, from different communities. Uh, and, and then um, in London Borough of Haringey, you know, which I've been helping uh, work with recently, uh, the friends groups in Haringey have got together um, and, and started their own initiative looking at um, ethnic minority involvement in friends groups in Haringey. Uh, and the, um, the council itself has employed a community engagement officer because it's recognised that, you know, actually uh, it, it's not talking to the whole community and it needs to start to talk to ethnic minorities, to young people, to older people, disabled people, etc. So it does feel, as Naimal was saying, that there's a good m momentum, you know, taking place at the moment that, that, it is much more about seeking to be inclusive and involving of everyone in the community. Thank you, Paul. And thank you both so much for joining us on this episode, this very interesting episode. And hopefully we will get to see more research within this area um, and create more awareness about the benefits of parks and being inclusive and how this enables social cohesion and a sense of belonging within communities, which is really what we need more than anything now. So thank you both for joining us for this conversation. Thank you, Anya, it was a pleasure. Yeah, likewise, Anya, really pleased to have been able to take part. B-I-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-